0: In my role, like I said, in the administrative side, obviously we we want to make it as easy as possible for you to accomplish these tasks of, of merging. Uh, we want to support lodges in any way that we can. On the executive side, which I'll need to go ask all these rotating trustees that become Grand Master eventually, and the guys that are aspiring to that position, is what are your plans to perhaps hold lodges uh, some sort of minimum performance standard? What do you? What do you plan to do with lodges that that can't uh, meet that standard?
1: friends and brothers this is justin jones with masonica primit i am joined here today with my uh, newest padawan uh dennis yates oh my god justin very close oh, i'm, right I'm gonna to let Jar beings
2: i i might i was gonna say I, I might take offense to that if i really understood the reference but you know we're in different age groups he's He's a millennial and I'm an Xer, so uh, yeah, I said it. I put it out there. <laughs> no, I, I I like
1: Jar Jar. He was. Right. I bet you do like Jar Jar, brothers. I bet you relate to him a lot, friends, Jar Jar. brothers.
2: <laughs> this is this is an exciting time for Freemasonry and and, and a very exciting time for Justin and I. Um, you know, I'm going to steal this from Justin and say we have the grandest secretary around, and the grand secretary of Texas. But he is definitely the grandest secretary in the U.S. in our book, yeah. brother Justin Duty. Or that's right, Worshipful Justin Duty. I apologize What right, was what right Worshipful Sir. I can't even see him. Off to a rough start, Dennis. Back I know it
0: right sure I'm good for it.
1: <laughs> well, we're we are very glad to have you. I'm, I'm sure as the Grand Secretary, um, you might have a, a, a few busy times here and there. So I uh, definitely appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to, uh, to talk with us.
0: Yeah, there's about two weeks in the summer when uh, we've completed everything from the previous session uh, before we get ready for next year's session. And uh, we're there. I have a couple of weeks.
1: Okay, we timed it. Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah. Well, uh, tell us a little bit if just to, just to get the ball rolling uh, about your uh, Masonic journey so far. What what got you into the fraternity?
0: So I'm a legacy member for sure. Uh, grandfather and father were both members. Uh, got additional relatives going back uh, back past my grandfather, but. I had a uh, close relationship with my grandfather. He's the one that actually got me in uh, to the fraternity. My first Masonic event I think I ever went to is his golden trial ceremony. And um, I didn't think anything of it. I just, it was some sort of event. We were told to be there. I showed up. And then when I turned 21, we had a a little family function. And uh, I asked him the question, not really knowing what I was asking. I just said, hey, what's the deal with that belt buckle that you wear? And he said, Oh, I'll, I'll take care of that. Don't worry. And he was there the next day with the petition and it, <laughs> took, me of, it took me a couple of weeks to get it, get it back to him, but he was very much of the generation where uh, they were not going to tell me anything about it. They were never going to ask. Uh, but I happened to ask the right question, obviously. And uh, I was glad I did. Uh didn't really know what I was getting into, I guess, when I, when I asked the question, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, enough to have him uh, conferred all my degrees. And my dad was there to help as well. And it was a kind of a nice, uh, Nice thing to have three generations there. Uh, uh, but I, I put a lodge outside of Waco. I was living in Waco at the time. And uh, my grandfather lived in Lorena, and that was the lodge he belonged to, to for 30 or 40 years at that point. And I uh, petitioned out there. So I was commuting from Waco to go to the lodge. Uh, mm-hmm. That was back in uh, 2004. So I've been a member uh, of a mason, geez, was it almost 18 years, I guess, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I now live in Lorena. And that was the, really the reason I selected this community to live in. Uh, my dad had grown up here and, and left uh, to go to the city, got out of the farm uh, and got uh, one of the city life. And we grew up in the suburbs. And uh, the fact belonged to the lodge, and I just knew that that's what got me connected to the community. And when I decided it was time to move away from the bachelor pad uh, to the country to start a family, that's the, the community I, I selected was just. Where, where the lodge was, just because I knew the people. I like that
1: lodge of Lorena. They're, they're a good group of brothers.
0: Yeah, we're real active. Um, we've had a real good, like I said, I've been there almost 20 years. Um, we've got a real strong group of officers coming up, and in the mm-hmm. past, uh, I haven't had to repeat anybody. Uh, when I started, I was a junior steward. I got asked to be junior steward. And then we had a guy who had to drop out because he was moving out of town. So I was able to get a promotion almost instantaneously. Oh, uh, so wow. I only did one year of service in the kitchen. I was happy for it. <laughs> uh, worked my way up through. And uh, our lodge got out of the habit of starting the, the new officers at the steward position, but is now uh, uh, starting that again. We just met last Tuesday and elected uh, new officers. And
2: Let me ask you this. Now, you, you said that you really didn't have any expectations. You were just joining because you were a legacy member but when you realized that there was ritual involved and and things of that nature from what you had heard with tv and of course that was right in the time of 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 the uh dan brown uh national treasure baby and all that yeah so did 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 it meet your expectations in that regard, or did you did you put the two together by the time you went through the degrees, or, or?
0: So when I say expectations, I really had no expectations because I didn't do, you know, I had I never read the Dan Brown books at that point, uh, wasn't familiar with the movies. Uh, I uh, I had some guys that came in shortly after me that that. Was, that was, to ask that question was the movie, and you know, the treasure, not not the fact that we're going, I'm going to join some organization and become wealthy beyond my well dreams, but it just it, it sparked that initial interest which got him to ask the question. Um, but I didn't uh, I didn't go and try to research anything before I joined, truthfully. And I've I've, I've carried that on to every other appended by your organization I've been joined or invited to join. Mm-hmm. I try to go into it totally blind. Uh, Knowing, and I've, I've talked to guys who have come into it reading stuff on the internet, uh, and so they have a general idea of kind of what's uh, what's coming. Um, so there, I, I really didn't have any expectations, I think. After uh, being a member for a while, and you go back and analyze it, we get to that old stage where you have wisdom. I'm 40 now, or I'm going to be 40, so I'm, <laughs> I'm old now, I don't have wisdom, or at least I'm going to have wisdom. I hope I do. Uh, you go back and think about it, and I think really what happened was I was obviously a, a legacy member, dad was never an active Mason. We never he never went to lodge, but he was a dues paying member. Certainly paid his dues every year. Supported any time they needed something donated, he was there to help. uh, And so was always an active member. That way, my grandfather was totally opposite. Extremely active, served as master, district deputy, uh, was the chaplain the whole time. We were going through the chairs together in the lodge. He was always the kind of the perennial uh, chaplain. But what. When later in life, you realized that what it was, I was attracted to the organization because it was these, the values of these men that I saw that belonged to the organization.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And I thought about it later in life and I went, well, that's kind of, I wanted to belong to something. And I saw these guys that I respected, including my grandfather and father. And I said, well, if it's, geez, if it worked out, you know, it was good enough for them, you know, maybe it'll, it'll work out for me. And as I, as you join and as you get further into the fraternity, you see more and more people. Uh, and, you, and there's people that you have just the utmost respect for, and I would have never met had it not been um, for the fraternity. Yeah. And So, uh, like I said, no no expectations going into it, but when you look at when you look back on it, I think that's probably what subconsciously attracted me to it was uh, the values that I saw in these other guys.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's a uh, it was very similar for me. I I also didn't really look into it. However, my dad and my granddad. Uh, We're both Masons. And so I just, I mean, I I grew up thinking the world of both my dad and my granddad. And uh, I didn't really know anyone that was a Mason or rather, rather, let me back up. I didn't realize some of the people that I knew were Masons, but they were all great people. They're all great guys. So yeah, exact same situation.
0: Yeah, I was still amazed. I think about it the night of my EA degree, I get there and and nervous, obviously, you Mm know, certainly got people telling me about the goat and about this about that <laughs> uh, so uh didn't really know like I said didn't know what to expect partially because I didn't know and uh didn't do any research partially because of that I don't I said my god I'm I, I, I can't ride a goat I can't do that <laughs> but when I got to my degree I was just amazed I went Doug what do you Doug, what are you doing here oh your your pop called me he said it was I need to be here tonight and this is a guy that I'd known for years as a kid he was a salesman that always called on us at the restaurant mm-hmm. and I just knew him and uh two other guys that I saw almost weekly uh the dad did business with. So there was all these guys that I, I, I had dealt with and, and you know, I obviously respected them. Had no idea they were Masons till that night when they, they showed up. So I was that still kind of gets me uh am gets me goosebumps even thinking about it.
2: Yeah. In a way I can I can relate a little bit as well. The um my dad wasn't wasn't a Mason and So it's the same scenario where my grandfather was, and my dad wasn't a Mason. So I didn't have that active um, person directly in my life. I mean, your grandfather was an active part of your life. I know that. And he, you know, he was a real, you know, influencer in your life. Mine, my grandfather wasn't, he was gone all the time. But what was cool is that I heard the stories about how he worked on the Alaskan pipeline and he traveled the world and he was, you know, knew all these people and, and was a square dancer from hell. And, and I mean, he could shake it down with the ladies up until he was 80 years old. He was a a square dancer and, and a bowler. And, but the thing that stuck with me is that my parents in the times when they had troubles, when I was a kid, my grandfather would fly in and fix the problem and go away. They didn't have the greatest relationship, but my grandfather took the time to come in it fixed the problem and get out of their hair. And that just stuck with me that, you know, he was the kind of man that, you know, he, he didn't hover over everybody, but, but when it came time, you know, he, he did what, nobody else could or would do Mm -hmm. and and they said that you know he was always the type of guy that he could walk into any bank and you know just get a loan on his on his good name and because he was a mason and and all this other kind of stuff and and i just wanted to be respected like that you know i wanted to be that guy that people cared about enough and thought enough of that wherever you go your your handshake is the bond, your word is good, you know, whatever, whatever you need, you know, I know that I'm going to get it later. So, you know, you don't need a wallet in my, in, where, where we are, you know, and, and I've had that happen and, and it's just the very co- most cool feeling I've I've ever had in my life that, you know, I'm around my brothers and, and I didn't even Realize I needed money for whatever event or whatever. And somebody said, go on, man. <laughs> you're, you're good. You, you just... In fact, I had that happen the first time I went in the Grand Lodge. I didn't have the cash. I'm thinking, well, I don't carry cash. <laughs> and, and one of the old timers goes, there you go, son. You just find me later. <laughs> and, and took care of it. And that, you know, that was just the coolest thing, you know, that's, and, and I still love that about this fraternity. And I try to treat anybody like that that, that comes across my path that just might not be, you know, anticipating the cost or whatever. And if, if they're just happen to be in need, I make sure and fill it. You know, if there's a need, I fill it immediately. And I don't even ask questions. I just want to take care of my brother. And that's,
1: Shut up, Justin! I haven't said a word. Don't
2: don't, don't make offers to El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Justin, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, strengths and weaknesses. Um, understanding that you're in a position where maybe maybe you can't be as forthcoming as 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 you might like, but uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the strengths and weaknesses of Freemasonry in Texas. Sure, he can. That's his strength.
0: <laughs> we have weaknesses. Next question. <laughs> you know, the day posed about, are we going to have grand lodges in the future? And I've uh, had to delete several attempted posts <laughs> before I was able to finish it. Cause in my role now, obviously I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm an admin in a administrative role
1: mm-hmm.
0: function. Uh, the, Trustees who uh, rotate uh, up the line are in the executive role, obviously, or aspiring to be in the executive role. Uh, So my job is to perform the daily functions of Grand Lodge, you know, to execute what they'd like to do. There's some certain there's some things I can I can do the way I think they should be done. But uh, that is that is the primary role of the Grand Secretary to be the basically the chief operating officer of the corporation, which is the Grand Lodge of Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, Strengths as far as masonry in Texas. I mean, we are still one of the largest jurisdictions uh, in the entire state, uh, that might be a weakness as well. Maybe we're a little <laughs> overloaded in some areas. Um, we have uh, one of the most magnificent buildings yeah. that exists, in yes. uh, really uh, anywhere in the, in the country or the world. We're blessed to still have it. Uh, there are a lot of jurisdictions who years ago uh, had to liquidate or sell or move out of their buildings because they couldn't uh, afford to operate. them. So uh, we're, we're, we're lucky in the fact that we have this unique building in Waco, which is the headquarters for history in Texas, uh, that has a lovely museum and this wonderful auditorium that we're able to use uh, once a year for Grand Lodge and, and then other times of the year for other events. Um you know weaknesses um you know Texas like many of the other jurisdictions uh after uh really before the first world war began this this growth this huge explanation of, of growth which kind of peaked in the 60s um So we have this system that we've developed that was designed to fulfill the needs of a quarter million members.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And basically, we have the same machine now. We have the same Grand Lodge structure, basically. Uh, We have the same number of appended bodies, if not more, that have come in since then. But we have a third, the members, that are trying to keep all of these organizations operating consequently you know, in, the, in the 60s you would not have uh, it's very common now to see a guy who's going through the line and the chapter and the council and the lodge and the commandery and is active in the shrine we have them down here in wake i know they have them in the metroplex and all over mm-hmm. that would never back in the 60s and back prior to that because there were so many members you know you had uh, you know you go to a lodge meeting and there's 40 50 guys there if you wanted to get involved and get in the line you know there might be a wait. so maybe you went to the chapter and council and you got active there and maybe wanted to serve in a leadership role, but it was active, busy there. So maybe you went to the commandery that didn't work. You went to the shrine. There were so many other places where you could go plug yourself in. Mm-hmm. So we have the same these bodies that we're trying to keep going with a third of the members. So um, I, I, I really do think that is a weakness and that's something that has to be addressed at some point because you get burnout. I mean, I've, I've experienced it. Yeah. Uh, anybody at an active level in their lodge or is active in, in, their lodge and other dependent bodies uh, is experienced burnout to some Extent, uh, and that's something that you know. You do you experience burnout, and then you, you make some changes and continue, or do you experience it, and then you just decide that you know uh, maybe I'll devote my time to the church, or the Rotary, or or whatever it is, you know, and just they walk away and leave. Uh, we have to do something to, to address that. Uh, well, we have too many lodges in the state. Yeah. Also, we assist in the service of these quarter million members that were dispersed all over the state. Um, we have seven hundred and 80-ish lodges as of today, um, down from you know, 900 to 1,000 back in the heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have lodges that are uh, – I have two country lodges, which I belong to, which have always had 50 members. That's what they've had since they were chartered in the late 1800s. They've always had about 50 members. They were able to survive that first 100 years or first 75 years because dues were the equivalent of 1000 or $1,500 in today's money. They were paying yes. nif- but they were able to survive with, with 50 members. Uh, same thing now. We have 50 members at uh, my lodge in Moody. Many of those members are, are plurals from other lodges. Uh, I belong to two lodges, which are being kept alive basically by plural memberships from other stronger, more active lodges. Um, and uh, if not for those guys coming over and helping, then that lodge would be in a whole different position today. So we there's we're a little heavy on the lodges. Yeah. Um, bad thing when lodges go away. Um, we we deal with mergers obviously in our office and, and consolidations and things of that nature. And there's a process you have to follow to to accomplish that. And at the core, when you have the initial conversation, most lodges don't want to go away.
1: No, uh, they don't. There's
0: no there's there's three guys there. It's their lodge it was their grandfather's lodge. It may have been their great grandfather's lodge. So they if don't you're, want.
1: If, right, you're, if and, you're just putting in enough work to keep your charter, just for the sake of having your charter, what are you accomplishing?
0: Yeah. So we're, we're fighting. Uh, we're, we're fighting emotions when it comes to, to, to lodges um, process, more mergers, I think probably in the last couple of years than we have in, in a long time. Um, that's not a function of anything that any one particular one person has done. It's just, something i think that we need to be prepared to do and it shouldn't be a bad thing yeah Um,
2: it shouldn't be it should be something that we should just realize you know that it it is a necessity at this time because we do have less less people to uphold the infrastructure um whether it be the buildings themselves or the the officer lines that that we we can't fill you know that that infrastructure is not being supported. And if it can't be supported and you're having to take the same people over and over and over and over again, then at some point you got to, you know, call it a day and find, find a strong lodge and support them and, and support yourself better in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And so in my role, like I said, in the administrative side, obviously we, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to accomplish these tasks of, of merging. Uh, we want to support lodges in any way that we can. On the executive side, you need to go ask all these rotating trustees that become grandmaster eventually, and the guys that are aspiring to that position, is what are your plans to perhaps hold lodges uh, some sort of minimum performance standard? What do you, what do you plan to do with lodges that, that can't uh, meet that standard? um so that's that's something on the on the other side i think that has to be addressed and that's that's something yes. for the uh those guys that aspire to be grandmaster and that's something we're going to deal with going forward
1: well whatever you know, whatever grandmaster decides to implement something like that would be uh i'm just being realistic i think would be a very unpopular like he would go on history as probably a very unpopular grandmaster but he'd be, he be he would be doing what he had to do i, yeah. I have to disagree
0: You you can set standards. You can hold lodges to stand uh, to a certain uh, minimum performance standard. Um, I I would just tell you that I get I get calls that uh, we we run in the office. The basically the membership services desk. That's obviously what it is. We get calls from everybody, and and when someone says something Grand Lodge did, they they usually mean somebody in my office. Uh, They may (laughs) they may be referring to a district deputy or to another trustee or the grand master, but it's it's always someone in office typically. Uh, The just the the administrative side of it has to be separated from the exec from the uh, executive side, and the yeah. desire to merge lodges. I don't think. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Nobody wants to be uh, the grand master who uh, shut down eighty lodges. You mm-hmm. uh, really have to think beyond the decisions that these guys make that we make now. We might never see the results until we're long gone. So uh, that's just that's just one of those leadership things, you know. Yeah um how, how do you practically how do you get that accomplished oh yeah that's that's very difficult no one's gonna uh be elected on a platform of i'm gonna shut down lodges
1: yeah you might not run on that no. <laughs> you might bring it up after fact, right. maybe yeah
0: no. <laughs> I'd,
1: I'd, I'd like to
2: i'd like to say two things that i was thinking about while you were talking number one the um when you were describing the 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 People and the shrinkage and and the the need of the people and and the need of the resources. I'm thinking about an engine on a on a vehicle. So the the Grand Lodge is the motor. It's it's what's putting out the horsepower, right? And and the carburetor is the lodge, and and the fuel is the membership. So you have the membership that fuels the lodge, and then the lodge makes the engine work by you know a combination of of fuel and, and air mixture so it's it's got the energy and it's got the it's got the people and the money coming in to to make that engine work well so we're we're getting less fuel right now we're we're running into a fuel shortage but we've got the same size engine down here and it is possible if we work smarter that we can adjust that carburetor and change it out with a fuel-efficient carburetor, or or create some other system to to you know utilize technology and throw a little bit of 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 um, make it a hybrid, let's say, to to fuel that motor instead of you know by using technology and the resources that we currently have, we can still push that motor with, with the same amount of, of, of uh, horsepower and, and uh, torque that, it, that it's had for, for years. I think that's part of the equation. And then the other equation is, is we have to just educate our membership and, and remind all of our members at every step of the way that it's not Grand Lodge that's making that decision. Ultimately, that decision was made by the membership of their lodge years ago and all the years up to now to have them in the situation they're in at this point. Grand Grand Lodge did not make that decision not to raise the dues and Grand Lodge didn't make that decision not to set the endowments properly. They didn't make the decisions on not doing anything in the community or not taking care of their building or not, you know. That's why it's, it's hard for the, the executive level because they can't set too many standards or they're going to have us, everybody, you know, go up in arms in revolution. But at the same time, how do you tell people, look, guys, you're not meeting the minimum standards you need to to live. You need to decide, you know, how you want to go forward and you're not choosing to do that. So how can we help you? And and that's the that's the big issue. I think in my opinion, that's the big issue we're dealing with. And it's not and it's hard to put it's sad to see that everyone puts it on the grandmaster. And and I've also heard it, you know, I don't want to be the district deputy that loses a lodge during during my year. And it's like, well, that lodge has been going down that road way before I was ever even thought of being district deputy. Yeah. I was a I wasn't even a past master
1: when that problem occurred. There's a, <laughs> zo- there's a lot of there's a lot of zombie lodges, right? There. Yeah. So we're they're, trying they're, to. They're figure already it out. dead. It's not like not like you lost a lodge. It was already dead. It's just.
2: Right, and we're not trying to, and we're not trying to downplay the value in grandfather's lodge or what happened. I mean, we, we all have those same heartstrings, you know. I, I it breaks my heart knowing that Oak Cliff Lodge, you know, doesn't have the membership it used to. But at the same time. It, it, it's up to the membership to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah. And I'm not picking on Oak Cliff. I don't even know what their numbers are, guys. I'm
1: just saying. Yeah, I but was using that as reference because it was my grandfather's lot. I already said it. Damage is done. Damn. Damage Damn. Is done. Uh, anyone from Oak Cliff, uh, message me. I'll send you Dennis's address and uh, may egg him to your heart's delight. Yeah, and, and make sure <laughs> never
2: to vote for Dennis for the Grand South. Okay.
1: <laughs> I do have a follow-up question. Uh, you, you said that and this kind of piggybacks off what Dennis was, Dennis was saying. Uh, you're saying these are, these are issues that need to be addressed. The appendant bodies and, and the lodge issues. And I don't disagree by any means. Um, and you, you kind of touched on how they might be addressed uh, through like standards or something such as that. However, I'm just, I, I'm just asking for information. Do you, do you not feel as though in many cases this is addressing itself?
0: Uh, just by the, the, the slow decline and the eventual extinction of some of these appended bodies or.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, of and, course. And think, too. Yeah. I, I, that's part of it. I, I think the, yes, the, the short answer is this all will work out in the end mm-hmm. one way or the other. I think the problem that I see from a grand lodge perspective is the the slow dying or unraveling of a lodge doesn't benefit anyone, um, no. and that's the that's the, the problem you have with trying to convince some of these lodges to merge. Eventually, when the money runs out, the money is out. And mm-hmm. and I've several lodges that I've I've been to. I said, you just take your checking account, divide it into uh, you know divide what you spend into it monthly into that number, and go find a calendar, mark that date on the calendar. That's when you're out of money. Yeah. and I, lodges that that's generally when uh, it comes to a head and it, it usually resol- revolves around facilities they're in some old building that has a, a bunch of deferred maintenance and they just can't do it anymore mm-hmm. they've passed the hat, but the the hat is not going to be deep enough to fix whatever problem they have and so they decided to sell or uh the property or then merge in uh, or in the worst case we've had several lodges that had to demise because nobody wanted to uh inherit their assets and their problems i see so I think it, it will slowly take care of itself, but on the grand lodge side, I think it is our duty to encourage and and make that process easier and explain why it's not a bad thing. Uh, if your lodge merges.
2: Yeah. So and do it and do it in a smart manner. Yeah.
0: Watching lodges go away slowly. And that's the thing. If, you know, if I get a call in the office, say, I want to be in Mason, uh, Mason in uh, uh, Tarrant County. Okay. Where about in Tarrant County? Do you work in Tarrant County or do you just live there? Mm-hmm. And then I find a lodge for them. Well, there are, there are, whole swaths of the state where I would not feel comfortable sending a guy. Yeah. Uh, Cause that, that, that lodge is the, you know, the, that is his uh, perception of fraternity whatever he sees there. Yeah. And there are some lodges where I just would not want to send a guy. Yeah. So, right.
1: Like Goliath. I know what you mean.
0: <laughs> Goliath. Hillsboro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what I was thinking. <laughs> they, they create hell spawns
2: out of Hillsboro. Oh uh, yeah. Are correct. <laughs>
0: Slow march of time will take care of a lot of these problems, but uh, we don't do we don't do anybody a service by by letting it just slowly peter out. Yeah. Uh, and and no one wants to be perceived as the guy that shut down a bunch of lodges. Yeah, I uh, think it's it's a it's a it's a conversation, it's communication. And and if you look at the just the data, obviously in my office we see the the information. Our, our young our, our average age is skewing younger. Mm-hmm. Slow by by tenths by hundredths when you look at it that far out <laughs> but
1: but it, but it is it
0: is it's there is a trend out. exactly we, we have younger men that are joining mm-hmm. we have older members who are passing away so the age will skew lower but if you look at the overall breakdown of the membership uh, our biggest uh chunk of members are those who are above the age of 70 so yeah. you know when when those guys start start going away Uh, that's when some of these conversations are going to become more, more urgent. Um, You know, uh, the, the 80, 20 rule, you know, uh, 20% of the members show up to the lodge. uh, the 80% you never see, but Mm -hmm. the lodge is able to function. Even, even very successful lodges uh, that are financially successful, that lodge is still able to function because those 80% are still paying in every, every year in some manner, whether it's actual dues. Mm -hmm. So, it's not that one day you're gonna look around, there's gonna be no members there to, to actually function open lodge. I think you're just you're gonna have fewer members on the rolls, period.
1: Yeah. So I, I do wanna say that um in my previous question, I was really I was really playing like devil's advocate almost. I think that a a slowly dying lodge uh does more harm for the paternity than probably a lot of other things out there. Uh, if you have someone that's interested in petitioning and it looks gross outside, um, there's a lodge I went to recently uh, the last few times uh, that I went there, there's something dead in the wall. And uh, I pointed out every time I'm that guy because I think it's important you take care of this, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. And it's like possum size or something. It stinks. (laughs) Uh, It's gotta be if it's been
2: several times because that usually goes away in a
1: week. Yeah, it's been. So uh, my point is like, you can't have lodges doing stuff like that. It's it's if anyone is thinking about joining as soon as they walk in and smell smell a, a a dead possum in the wall, or they go to Grand Lodge and they smell a cooking rat in the kitchen. Uh it's a it's a deal breaker. It's just a deal breaker.
0: <laughs> Every year, there's something that defines Grand Lodge. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it, it, Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> right. Every year. Yeah. That year.
2: And we're not blaming Robert Marshall. <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> but uh, the second thing I wanted to ask, uh, it, it sounds like from your comments, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like from your comments that the, one of the big issues that's contributing to a lot of these lodges having problems is financial.
0: Uh, I don't know if that, it's contributing to their problems or it's just a symptom of their overall problem, uh, disease. Um, yes. Yeah. Is it will all come to a head at some point at, at these lodges that are underperforming or not performing at all when the money runs out? Mm-hmm. A lodge that has sufficient financial resources, regardless of how effective they are as a lodge, as bringing in new members, as training the members they have, as continuing the, to put new guys through the line, all that aside, if a lodge has sufficient. Financial resources—they'll basically be around forever, uh, even if there's three guys there, because they have the resources to do it. When the money runs out, that's when the tough decisions start to have to be made. Mm-hmm. You know, a- like that to say, that, thats not the, the norm, but I, I can think of several uh, that just, uh, as far as just sheer financial, will just never go away.
2: Yeah, you know what's you know what's sad though is that
0: the, the point. Go ahead, say
2: that again. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you.
0: It will never go away until the members decide to make that decision. Uh, Right. And and I mean, further that, there's a couple in Waco, for example, I can think of right now. To further that thought, for uh, a little bit to the next step, those lodges with significant financial resources but are having struggling with membership or just geographically or in a part of town where there's, you know, you can't fight demographics. I can't fight that the fact that this is where folks lived when the lodge was founded and now they live on the other side of town and it's just not convenient for them, mm-hmm. but those have significant financial resources can be an asset to another lodge. Uh, when they merge in Hillcrest lodge up the perfect example for that. That's, um,
1: that's what I thought of when you said that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the merger of those two lodges created a really strong body. They had, uh, obviously, uh, the positive membership gains and, uh, a significant financial resources and a, a lovely building and, and the root re- of the funny to take care of that for many years to come. So, uh, mm-hmm. Used as an example uh, to show these other lodges of, of what it can be like uh, when your lodge merges in. Not to say that every lodge uh, that, that's broke, uh, you know, is going to have the same results. I think the end result is is you have a stronger lodge uh, when you merge in if if you're at a point where you're weak, perhaps.
2: Well, and and that's that's another thing that I wanted to bring up when when you talk about uh, Hillcrest as an example. If lodges would realize, look, if that wouldn't have happened if if the other lodge had waited until they were down dead, like a lot of these lodges are doing. So if if a lot of these lodges would make the decision now, what what happens is it's it's more of a, um, a more of an exponential growth spurt. So you you have this influx of members, you have this influx of money. And then with that money, they can make changes and improvements to the Freemasonry and the lodge, and then it gets the excitement going. You know, there's a there was a saying I can't remember who spoke on it. I think it was um, uh, Chris Dunham, with uh, he's the the vice chair of, of the Zig Ziglar Corporation, or used to be the the uh, vice chairman of, of the corporation, and. And he was, he was talking on that. And he said, what's the first thing that, that a new pastor does on, in any dying church? He, he goes in and he says, let's build a building. Because as soon as you start fixing up your old building and making it look nice and you put a playground out there for the kids, people start joining. And they get excited. And then the momentum starts flowing. So if, if we were to take that attitude with, with lodges that, that aren't feeling so strong. and, and you know, make a trust in the name of that old lodge or something and shift it over to the, the new lodge or something of that nature so that it that memory of that old lodge is always there as, as, a, as a real contributor to where they are now, then, then honor them that way. Do something like that. So that, that was my thought. Justin, do you have anything else? Because I wanted to roll into something else um, that bouncing off of that topic into another
1: Well, yeah, I have something else, but that actually kind of brought me to another topic I want to talk about as well. So, uh, I've been waiting patiently. Have you? I have. Okay. Uh, I guess so. I guess I'll permit it. I tell you what, I can always edit you later
2: if I need to. I'll throw the teaser out there and then you can say what you're going to say and we'll jump back into it later because it is an important thing that I really wanted to bring up with. With uh, everyone here, with our listening it audience is. and, and um, th- that is such a <laughs> get excited, Justin. Get your pom poms out. <laughs> that that is one of the things that excites me the most about you, Justin Duty. Not you, Justin Jones. Justin Duty is that when when you came in the Grand Lodge and started overhauling the carburetor. And, and you started working on ways to effectively manage the, the resources that we already have in, with new technology. And with that technology, it's propelling us so much further advanced than we have been for the last 50 years. In, in two years, you know, we've completed or we've jumped in the last five years further than we have in 50 years in Freemasonry in Texas Freemasonry. And and I'm not going to say it's all because of you, because you have a, a damn good internet committee there. And so it's it's collaborative, right? But you go in and you talk weekly with, with Grandview and and you're you're utilizing this tool that that helps us manage membership, which is the, the biggest part of <laughs> the biggest part of any grand lodge is managing the membership. But all these different resources, and it helps the Lodges more than they even realize. But I can tell you, we're going to be pushing that going forward. I would like for you to talk a little bit on that, unless Justin wants to stay on the the question that he wanted.
1: Put me on the spot here, man. <laughs>
2: I uh, yeah. I do want to that, address... That was a big teaser. That was a big teaser. I do Go want, ahead.
1: I do want to address my question, just because I want to be sure ahead, it's covered yeah. um, while we have time, because I want to be respectful of about Warshall's time. Um, as you know, my question is a good one. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> if you insisted it. Uh, but I, I I don't really know how I want to frame this question, but I visited a another lodge somewhat recently, and there was actually several lodges that met in the same building. And the building itself uh, is like a uh, museum slash library organization. And the temples, I mean, the, the, uh, the lodges kind of fall under this umbrella. Uh, I, I was curious if you could uh, explain uh, why lodges would do this and the benefits and just, just kind of oh, go into the weeds. On that's that. a
2: good one. Yes. Yes. Your <laughs>
0: Library
2: and museum into a lodge. How does that nonprofit help the lodge?
0: If my friend, right, worship Chris Livingston were here, he would be uh, giving me a very unique facial expression.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he's not here.
0: Not here. Chris, close your uh, ears. Chris, Chris, close your ears. I think I, we could probably talk about this in general terms. Um, so uh, your lodge can form, uh, you, you can uh, ask permission of the Grand Master to form a 501c uh, organization for the purpose of exempting your property from ad valorem taxes, which we're now all exempt from, that uh, was put in the statutes that was prior to the, the group exemption for ad valorem taxes. Um, uh, it'll also exempt you from, uh, you know, there's, there's some other like improvement district type taxes that some lodges have been, uh, subject to. So the, that, that certainly, uh, exists. Uh, you have to basically provide all the formation documents. You said it's to the, to me, uh, we send it to the Grand Master. We, uh, look it over. We say yes or no, uh, certainly, uh, benefits to it. If your lodge is large enough, uh, to, to warrant that, um, you know, uh, could your lodge incorporate as a 51 C three, museum, uh, with, a, a four shelf, uh, bookshelf in the corner with some <laughs> copies of the 1976 proceedings and a couple of flyers probably not um, oh but, <laughs> you know there there are you know the, the lodge building in hillsborough for example has an actual uh, library is, is big um, uh, the Lee Lockwood building in Waco obviously it's a totally separate issue because it's owned by the Scottish Rite Foundation of Texas, but there are, uh, there are certain scenarios where that would benefit your lodge, and it's certainly an, uh, something that, that currently exists in the statutes. There's a couple of lodges pursuing that now, as we speak, that have applied uh, to form uh, 501c-type organizations.
2: If, if we do that, if, if a lodge does that, does it hurt Grand Lodge as far as the protection that, the protection that they've given all of us under that umbrella? Does it hurt them? Uh by taking that away or or is it just like even Steven, everybody's still doing their own thing? But does does that hurt them from the value of of the state saying, you know, Grand Lodge and all your subordinate lodges, you're doing good things instead of versus this one versus that one or whatever?
0: I hear Chris Livingston in my ear right now. I know, I know. <laughs> That's probably
2: a bigger question than he should answer. So I, I should I should just retract that.
0: A competent tax attorney. <laughs> yes, yes. We advise lodges all the time on that. Um, mm-hmm. I would not be able to tell you whether or not it would, it would harm your protections we have now. I mean, obviously, uh, each lodge is exempt from, uh, each lodge is a 501C under the umbrella of the, the Grand Lodges. Uh, uh, we have the letter from the IRS that says we're a charitable organization. Each subordinate lodge has their own employer identification number. Uh, which operates under our umbrella. If you're going to get really nerdy, if you're a treasurer, you ever apply for a bank account, most of the bank accounts, at least on newer lodges, are styled ancient free and accepted masons of Texas, DBA, so-and-so lodge, uh, because of the way the letter is Um, worded. But uh, your lodge can certainly uh, set up a 501c type uh, entity uh, if you uh, want to. Like I said, inquire to my office first. We'll check with the grandmaster, um, and then uh, you can go from that point.
1: Uh, you can tell us. You can, you can speak in general terms, but if we if we want more more specific information as to like uh, tax benefits for the lodge or something, we need to, we need to speak with the uh, appropriate committees on that to really to really get into the weeds.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and you know, obviously, we, my office can answer uh, questions as to how you set these uh, not as to how you set these things up, but what's in the law. Um, what you can and can't do, whether or not it benefits your lodge is like he's like Dennis was saying, you really have got to go find uh, someone and, and pay for some advice. and That might be just a member of your lodge who's an attorney.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that's a, yeah, if you're, if you're fortunate, yes. Uh, when lodges sell real estate, uh, when you sell real estate, there's a, there's a procedure. Uh, the grand master has to sign off on the deed as do I, and there's a process you go through. The civil law committee reviews the transaction. They have a uh, special language they put into the deed. Uh, a lot of lodges, when they submit their paperwork, think that the civil law committee is going to act on their behalf, and that's really not the case. The civil law committee is there to look after the interests of the Grand Lodge of Texas, not necessarily. Grand
2: Lodge, yes, that-
0: yes. So, um, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with with seeking advice and paying for it if you need it.
2: But we do. But now we do have, at, at least for the time being, we have the real estate committee that does look at the documents of the sale and all that kind of stuff we um fortunately i'm i I had the opportunity to be a part of that this year it's it's a really cool group to be a part of just to help with the process but we can help the lodges in looking at the at the fine lines and looking at the documents because they're contracts and and we can look through them and tell the the executive level you know we agree with this or we disagree this needs to be fixed before you send it up the line um, things like that, so that's cool. And of course, that doesn't come to us until after it goes through Justin and all that. And but, but you know, that is a benefit that, that the Grand Lodge has created for lodges to to kind of help this this process out a little bit and make it a little bit smoother for everybody.
0: Yeah, on on the whole, that's been well received this year. And like you said, that that uh, new temporary committee uh, is specifically there to fill that that gap uh, where the civil law committee couldn't necessarily help you uh, other than just review what you submitted to them. So uh, like I said, that committee has been well used this year on several of these transactions that we've had to get through. So,
1: mm-hmm. All right, Dennis, I guess I'll allow you to ask a question now. You have, you have one <laughs> minute.
2: <laughs> I have one minute. I don't have that long to breathe. I, I, it takes me longer than that to take a breath to start talking.
1: See? All right. So i have just—I just, just reminded, like my my kids. Sometimes they watch uh, Powerpuff Girls. I don't know if you guys remember that, but uh, I hear it every once in a while. There's a villain on there called Mojo Jojo, and like, I he'll, he'll never never, he he never—he never that. gets to the point. He just—he just repeats and reiterates <laughs> what he's trying to say. I don't know why I'm just throwing this out here. Let me let me repeat reiterate. Let me repeat and re-
2: reiterate this, JJ, that. Our listeners come to me just as much as they come to you and say, Dennis, y'all are doing a great job. And <laughs> it is so much more exciting and fun now that you're on the show. <laughs> no. So here's an exciting thing that, that, you know, like I said before, you you started going into Grandview. Um, you've been really tweaking it to, to benefit the Lodges and Grand Lodge to make so many things more efficient. And I'm actually working... On on the projects I have with with the uh, committee on Masonic Education and Services, I'm trying to work that um, that verbiage into the presentations I'm giving, and I'm trying to, you know, really bolster the fact that that we have these tools available now. So, in a nutshell, kind of kind of let some guys know if they don't know um, where resources can be found in and, and like where to go to sign up for different events like OLT or, or whatever gala is coming up or what have you, you know, just kind of, just give a breakdown on some of the key things that you've really tapped into that's helping along with the easy PayPal option in, in the secretary's thing to where, you know, they can link a PayPal account and it automatically does the, the convenience fees and everything for the lodge. So it's just a easy thing to do. Man, hands down, Justin, you guys are doing great. You and the internet committee are golly. Thank you very much. And I just mean, wish that my, duty. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just <laughs> yes, I just wish my co-host was as efficient and effective as you are. This
0: call feels like a performance review. It's going pretty good so far though.
2: <laughs> it is. We love you.
0: <laughs> I've been self employed my whole life, so I've never gone through a performance review. So this is unique to me. <laughs> so, I'm uh, easy. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Every Mason has the ability to create a portal within Grandview, a unique member portal, um, which gives you access to uh, a, a minimum set of data, uh, resources, um, forms things of that nature you might need in, in your 10 as of Mason. Uh, there are some educational resources on there. Uh, not, not many, uh, but that's a function that I think will be expanded as we go forward. Um, uh, it, it gives you the ability for your lodge to communicate with you through Grandview. Uh, if you receive the Grand Secretary's monthly maintenance package or you receive posts that we send out, uh, you've obviously got a portal at least set up or your secretary at a minimum has at least uh, entered your email address in. So, um, you know, for the active guy, uh, you've got the ability, you know, uh, <laughs> obviously for the, for the active guy uh, that's going through the chairs or wants to participate in, in different Grand Lodge events um, through your portal, you can uh, register for events and pay for them. We used that this last year to register folks for the Grand Masters uh, install uh, a gala immediately after Grand Lodge. Mm-hmm. We used it for conferences this year, which we sold uh, tickets to for the meals. And uh, we're going to use it uh, this coming uh, Grand Lodge session uh, for the incoming uh, banquet as well. So uh, it it's obviously it so easy. Yeah, uh, we started using it a couple years ago uh, for OLT. That was one of the first projects I got involved in prior to my uh, nomination as acting Grand Secretary in an election afterwards. I was asked to kind of develop some sort of online method with which to register for OLT. <laughs> prior to that, you had to send in a paper form and it went into three or four different spreadsheets and uh,
2: oh my goodness
0: it yes. was like the D- just terrible and uh so within Grandview we were able to develop this uh this process so uh, if you need to go to OLT you can register there uh, all these other events that we've talked about um on the secretary side obviously uh Grandview is a uh, a membership database uh the first Grand Lodge database is in the archives below my office and it's a bunch of note cards uh, prior to that, we had ledgers, and they went from ledgers to note cards. Went from note cards to the first iteration of some sort of digital database in the seventies, and then uh, have upgraded little
2: yellow cards.
0: Yes, exactly. There's there's huge card files down there with with uh, typed out member records going back to the really the foundation of the Grand Lodge. So uh, we have uh, we are in a constant kind of <laughs> state of change. If you look at it over a hundred and twenty five hundred fifty year horizon. Uh, you know, what we have today will be totally different uh, 20 years from now. Uh, uh, guarantee it. Oh, hang on.
2: We need to get Brother Hancock down there. We need to get Brother Hancock down there to start scanning those those membership cards and, and making them all di- digital. Make that his job for the next 15 yeah. years.
0: <laughs> My phone had, had an incoming call on what it was. Um, actually, that's how the first database was constructed. Uh, they actually took those cards and f- manually entered them in. Uh, wow. So if, you go, uh, if you're go, if you a lodge secretary now or if you have uh, view-only access to the database and you're trying to find records on members uh, from the early 1900s, the middle 1800s, it really just uh, depends on, on where they were. Uh, if they had a, a note card on them, then that was entered into the database. So a lot of lodges have gone back over the years and entered all their past masters and uh, entered uh, information off of their annual returns. So there's there's still some gaps in there, no doubt about it, but uh, there's a lot yeah. of old data. So those cards still are actually kind of valuable. I was able to, we did a little midnight uh, uh, tour uh, one uh, evening after some event, and we went down there and, and were able to find a couple of cards on a couple of different members' grandfathers. Uh, and so it was yes. kind of a, you know, it's a piece of paper, right? But it's, it's, uh, it's a tactile connection to your relative that was a member of the fraternity. So it was a neat thing to see those guys um, find that. Uh, but as a secretary, obviously, Grandview, uh, fully, uh, it's, a, it's a membership uh, management system. Uh, we had uh, several different iterations of databases. We uh, went to Granby back in uh, 2018. Uh, we've had a unique relationship with them. Um, uh, when I got there, that was one of the things I was committed to was, was fixing any of the deficiencies that we had. And there were a bunch back, uh, back in that era. And uh, we were able to get all those addressed. Uh, and we, It's a constant process. Uh, we're able to tweak things and change them going forward. But uh, the the end goal is to make the secretary's job easier. Uh, Make your job as secretary uh, easier by the use of this, this database, which will,
1: Mm.
0: you know, basically manage your members, uh, take care of reporting for you, uh, send out news notices, things of that nature.
1: I love data. It's always been very interesting to me. And so after I had been appointed as district instructor, I logged in to Grandview one evening just to look at my information and lo and behold, I had all the data on my district. So I was, uh, I was very excited for several days going through all that. So it's definitely, it's definitely a very valuable resource. And there's a lot of information on there. And so uh, hats off to you for putting all the work into it. And and I'm sure you, you, you know, you've delegated some of that. Uh, So hats off to everyone that has had a part in that uh, because, it, it is fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot better than where it was when we got there. And uh, like I said, we're, we're constantly making improvements to it. And uh, Grandview itself has become kind of the, the leader in uh, Masonic-centered uh, or focused database services. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got uh, 30 or 40 jurisdictions now uh, in the United States and overseas. Uh, so the more jurisdictions they pick up, the more processes they can implement from other, there's common processes in all of our jurisdictions. Membership, the way you change and the way you enter them, but there are little differences from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. But with the size now, uh, basically when I, when I call Grandview and say, I need this, and I describe it to them, uh, they're able to go, Oh yeah, that's the Indiana process. And they're Mm -hmm. able to copy that. So uh, it's been a good relationship.
1: Cool. Very nice. Uh, well, we rushable duty. Uh, we are getting close to the end of this interview. Uh, at this point, this is usually when I ask uh, if you have any final thoughts or just anything that you'd like to share and get out there.
0: No, I appreciate your invitation, obviously. I uh, wish I would have had a, a better telephone connection <laughs> or I'd, I brought my laptop home from the office. Uh, but uh, no, I appreciate it. I've listened to your podcast several times. It's entertaining. It's educational. Appreciate that. Uh, Abbott and Costello Wonderful. and Dennis is great. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: we need to get uh, you. Uh, I was going to say What's we need that? to get you back up the Hillsborough sometime. Uh, help out with more of our degrees. That was great. Yeah, when you visited.
0: That was one of my first events I was able to go to uh, when I was appointed uh, Grandmaster Underwood. Uh, was uh, going up there. Uh, not, I don't think really even it was a scripted event. Obviously, he that was the lodge that uh, sponsored him to go to the home and school. So I had mm-hmm. a deep connection and he saw family uh, in that part of the country so it was uh, that was a neat event to go up there and i had uh, i took my uh chapter in council uh, and commandery degrees uh, in hillsborough as well oh okay uh, oh very I, cool uh there was a guy down here his name is e dixon tony and he's a big uh right mason yeah i'm sure mm-hmm. you've ran across him and uh, he was very active up there in hillsborough and uh, so when i uh, asked him that question about uh, getting involved in that side of the fraternity. He brought me up there to Hillsborough. So uh been in the building many times, uh been to several lodge meetings, but uh it's only forty five minutes north of town. I should go more <laughs> often.
2: Well we'll be glad to have you. And and vice versa, I would say probably. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's lodges down here too. So yeah. We, we all come I've never been to a Goliad state. They sure are. Twice for uh uh, the observance but never been to a state meeting so well it's we'll a little bit
1: a, it's a little bit more than a 45 minute drive for
0: a any uh, bit away although it, uh it's probably only about 50 minutes in the airplane so i just need to
1: yes
2: and it. we have there you go you 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 just let me know when and and i can tell you whose pasture we can we can <laughs> put you down in because <laughs> that that's how we do it here in go but you can't you can't fly into victoria but but uh, we definitely have our pastures around here that people utilize.
1: Well, it's we'll quiet, start- as quiet as Goliad is. You probably just land on Main Street.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. right?
1: <laughs> they move houses down
2: Main Street. You can't land airplanes. Oh, okay. That's a fact. They, <laughs> they just push up the wires and, and land and roll them through.
1: Oh, wow. Dennis, do you have – who am I kidding – Will you please share your final thoughts with us? <laughs> you know,
2: I I really did appreciate man, I really do appreciate you coming on Justin and and you know, you are one of mine and and JJ's fine, you know, favorite and one of our best friends and but one of our favorite masons because you do do the things that that are required to be done and you're smiling when you're doing it. You're not, you know, you're not the begrudging um, past master. You're, you're actually excited to help the fraternity. And that's how we feel. And that's why we're so happy that we get to spend time with you every time we come to Waco and and whatnot. And I'd also like to put in a real quick plug. If if you go to Waco and you're, and you take your family, I always take my family everywhere and everybody knows that. But they had the best time at, at Justin's pizzeria with the uh hidden doors and and uh secret passages. You know, it I just want people to know when you go to Waco, you gotta go visit his pizzeria. That that's uh that was one of my best experiences. It'll be one of our favorite memories of, of Waco. Yes. Now with that, with that being said, I, I'd also like to state the the obvious. I, I I push technology a lot I think that it's what we need to to help our engines run more smoothly I think that we need to start focusing more on getting the lodges um educated in that area if they're if they're not already and and I'm working on things to help with that but it it starts with the decision of the lodge to do that. It started with the decision of the trustees to go to Grandview. And then it took someone that was dedicated to the vision to see, see it through and, and make it happen like, like Justin. So we need our, our secretaries out there in, in our lodge, on our lodge platform to number one, make a, a, an email address for the lodge. It's the lodge's information, not your personal information. Make a lodge email address so that they always have that data and that information for the lodge. That should be saved for the lodge. Um, number two, utilize Graham, Utilize the 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 Texas Masons app, and it's getting better, guys. That that membership fee is minimal when you see what's fixing to come on come down the line with. And that's happening St. John's Day. That would be tomorrow. My the day I was raised as a master mason, just so that you guys know. So I just wanted to throw that out there and, and we're pushing technology in, in the Masonic Education Uh and Services Committee. And and we're not only pushing it but we're utilizing it. We're working it and and you need to also to help your lodges because we're we're way behind on that the other thing is like we always say brothers travel we would have never known justin if we didn't go to grand lodge or or we didn't travel to the events and and sweat down in san antonio together while the grandmasters are going through the pomp and circumstance and you know we're just sitting in the back of the crowd watching justin's always got his his uh Ray Ban style glasses on actually they're not even Ray Ban style they're the nineties you know pink uh pink sides on the <laughs> on the those dark black shades but anyways brothers we love you keep it between the points always and uh thank you so much justin for uh for coming and visiting us tonight and, and doing this with us I, i'm really grateful and we're gonna do it again for sure in live i'm i'm sure we're gonna have to do it in person
1: yeah, I was going to say if you ever decide you want to take that plane trip to Goliad and you want to co-pilot, I'll be glad to come. We'll record part two <laughs> in the air. Oh,
0: that would. <laughs> I've, I've owned a number of Masonic events. And that's one of the things I really enjoy. It, it, it combines my kind of passion for aviation and then the lodge, obviously. But yeah, we could record something. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll have to make that work.
2: Okay, dude, we <laughs> could we could definitely do that, but you'll have to come via First, And then we'll go, you know, we'll, we should do a, do a sightseeing trip, come down and get me. And, and then we'll just drive around all the historical lodges and, and just talk
1: about Freemasonry at the same time. Yeah. I'll help pay for the gas. Yeah. You'll have to probably fit in the cargo hold or something, Dennis, but probably make it happen. You know. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Rat Warshall, I definitely appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh, this has been a terrific conversation. Dennis, I appreciate you taking time as well. Uh, You always provide a valuable uh, insight into into topics. So uh, thank you both very much. Thank you, JJ.